be with you and welcome again to Countdown to Eternity. We'll be joined by Pastor James Cadiz and Don Stewart in just a moment, who today will talk about the modern day occurrence of Fahrenheit 451. For those of you who may not know, Fahrenheit 451 is the title of a dystopian book written by Ray Bradbury. 451 degrees Fahrenheit is the temperature in which paper burns. In the modern day, we believe this is happening by the modification of history through the physical revision of existing books. This all has biblical significance, especially as it relates to the coming final Antichrist. Well, hello, my dear brothers and sisters. We want to welcome you to another episode of Countdown to Eternity. Of course, as you can see, I am with the great Don Stewart. And folks, we have an exciting show for you today. Don, this one is based on Fahrenheit 451. And there are lots of people that might not know that reference, especially our younger audience. First of all, let us know how you're doing, brother, and let's talk about this. Uh, maybe let people know what Fahrenheit 451 is and what in the world does that have to do with end times Bible prophecy? Yeah, well, well I'm doing great, James. Thanks for having me on as usual. Hi, everybody. Hope everyone's doing well. Fahrenheit 451 was a novel by Ray Bradbury. And basically, I can't even remember the year it was in. It was quite old. Uh, Julie Christie looks very young in it. That 20, 30 years ago, was that long ago when they did the movie based on that? But it's the whole idea about uh, uh, they're going to come and burn your book someday, right? And uh, we talked about that, like the Nazis did in the Second World War, what other people do. But now we live in a digital age, and how do you burn digital books? Well, there's something we found out, isn't there, James? It's actually worse than burning a book, keeping a book, but changing its contents, how easy it's to do digitally. So that is the story that we're looking at. It's called They're Coming for Your Books from a Zero Hedge Story. And basically, here's what the headline says. Ray Badbury's dystopian novel, Fahrenheit 451, The Regime Has Firemen Who Torch People's Books. And the title is a reference to the temperature which paper burns, 451. When it comes to electronic books, it's today's dystopia. There is no need to burn them. The regime can simply edit them even after you've bought them as has often been the case. And he goes on, talks about Netscape founder and venture capitalist Mark Andreessen was ahead of his curve last year in telling people, uh, buy physical copies of any book you plan to read in the future. Do it now. Wow. Yeah. And uh, bro, this is so true because there's a bigger picture that all of this comes together with. And it's one that involves what will happen as totalitarian rule comes into play. I think one of the biggest questions that we have always asked in our mind is how in the world is there going to be such a comprehensive enforcement of the consequences for what happens when you don't take the mark of the beast? Because there's a lot of areas that would prevent that potentially from happening, right? Let's just say you you were able to force everybody by twisting their arms and making sure that they took the mark of the beast. How do you prevent thoughts from affecting the challenge of what this uh, totalitarian ruler is going to do? You know, and it's interesting because this is uh, not just Orwellian, right? But this is Bradburyan as well. Uh, we are talking about them saying, well, listen, we're not going to come up to you and sort of uh, put some kind of clamp on your brain and stop thought, what we're basically going to do is we're going to change history. We're going to become history revisionists. And if we change history, then what you thought perhaps was what happened in the past will not be by the time we're finished rewriting the story. And so 
the thought process that was oftentimes associated with challenging authority on the basis of the bowing down to fundamental truth is going to be gone because truth is going to be Hegelian in nature. It's going to constantly be moving. And um, this is something that, of course, is completely contrary to the truth of God's word. And if you really think about it, Don, this goes back to the garden. This goes back to the book of Genesis, because that is exactly how Satan works. He, he works by basically asking this very simple question, has God said? One of the ways that he can say, has God said, is by simply changing what people have perceived from the past to be the truth to now something being a new truth. And that's exactly what we're looking at here with this Fahrenheit 451 story. Yeah, as a number of years ago, I mentioned this before, I was reading a book by some tech guru about the latest technology. And he said, whatever you do, don't ever get rid of your books. And I, it really stunned me. I said, well, why did you say that? And now we know, right? Because uh, the tech can be changed. The, they can re do a revisionist view of history. And what you know, they can say something to the effect that if someone challenges that, well, we just found more evidence or you've got a you know, wrong view and that's it. And who are you going to complain to? That's the problem, right? And so where this fits in, like we've been talking about the, with this chat GPT and all that's coming about with the AI, once you write a revisionist history and once it becomes solidly put when the ai cert when you call ask ai to find out a b c d was abraham lincoln assassinated at ford's theater you know 1865 you know watching this uh you know what was it called i can't remember I forgot i should know the name of that the play but anyway the the point is oh no that's this that's misinformation we found out a b c and d is really what happened so once that happens and we've got such a, a gullible shall we say, um, clientele out there in the world that they're going to believe anything, right? When 2 Thessalonians 12, uh, 2, uh, verse 12 tells us they're going to believe the lie rather than the truth because they're willingly participating in sin. Yeah, and if you think about it, Don, it's not going to be as hard as a lot of people think because already they're brainwashing the younger generation. Yeah. You know, we're, we're looking at colleges today and they are becoming reindoctrination centers and eventually will become indoctrination centers. We're seeing that happening. We're seeing the message change in elementary schools. They're grooming kids now under mm -hmm. the auspice of doing a health class, or um, they're beginning to tell children things that are completely abnormal, things that are harmful to them. And when they choose to believe that lie, because that's the only thing they've ever known, that older generation of people who actually did know the truth and challenge it as they begin to grow older and get out of the picture, then it's going to be much easier because when you're talking about high school kids or junior high kids or elementary school kids that never rehearse the evils of uh, totalitarian regimes, and as a matter of fact, in that time, hear uh, conservatives being referred to as fascists, uh, it's going to get to the point where good is evil and evil is good in the minds and the hearts of the people that are looking. And this is exactly what we're watching happening. We are watching the beginning of that transformation take place. Yeah, Isaiah 520, they'll call good evil, evil good. They'll basically uh, promote that which is evil and, and hate that which is good. And that's what we see. And, you know, what, what's interesting about this is so much fits into the final Antichrist and controlling everything, because if you have a system where no one can buy or sell without the mark, in other words, everything's monitored in some database, number one, they know where you're at, what you're buying, number two, uh, they're also going to know not only what you're reading, but make sure you're reading the right material, right? And That's if right. you ever get a hold of something that's uh, something different, 
or let's say for sake of argument, we're already seeing it now, big time, the censorship. You had to even try and talk to someone. Now, let me ask you this. I, this just came to mind. How much will it be possible in the future for the censorship to be? I've got my cell phone here. Let's say I'm texting something to you, and all of a sudden, halfway through the text, it's it's gone. Is that yeah. possible? Is that going to happen? Ooh. It's already happening, Don. Um, really? I don't know if you remember this, but I made a video on this probably about a year and a half ago where um, the current regime in office has been asking big tech companies to help actually censor certain text messages that get sent. Okay. Uh, and this is on the basis of uh, different forms of information that they perceive to not be correct, especially as it valued itself with health issues. And I, I, mm. I have to get yeah. I have to be very careful how I say this, but if you give me information regarding a, a particular health issue, it wouldn't matter if you're a doctor. It wouldn't matter if you're an expert in epidemiology. It wouldn't matter if you were somebody that, um, you know, your whole life you've been treating, studying, and caring for individuals uh, with uh, communicable diseases, it wouldn't matter. You would be ignored if you do not match the narrative that was actually being uh, provided. And by the way, this is not a concept that is new to anybody. This is something that has been contended for even on uh, political levels all over the place. Um, as a matter of fact, we went out of our way early to feature an early report um, that was established by the United Nations um, and in the summary provided by the United Nations uh, regarding this, uh, speaking about what they knew uh, needed to happen, they were already dealing with this. And I'll show you a picture of this. And this, this will make a little bit more sense to you as I, as I read this to you, right? And it's kind of hard to see for some of our listeners, but I will read what they put. And this is, of course, the United Nations summary that was provided by Guterres, he wrote this, and this was something that was released two and a half years ago. And let me give you one item they said they have to fix. He says, third, now is the time to end the infodemic plaguing <laughs> our world. Notice this, by yeah. defending a common, empirically-backed consensus around facts, science, and knowledge. The war on science must end. All policy and budget decisions should be backed by science and expertise. And I am calling for a global code of conduct that promotes integrity in public information. But remember, what does he define integrity as public uh, in public information being? He says it is a common empirically backed consensus around facts, science, and knowledge. So it's what the majority says. And, and again, this sounds so much like the final antichrist that the Bible talks about. And this this is very totalitarian in nature. Yeah, it's not only the majority necessarily, just those in control could be the minority of the few that are the ones who, who tell everybody what to believe. And what's scary about that, one thing you used to learn in school, I don't know about that, but science is always asking questions, performing experiments, coming up with hypotheses that they can test. And if the hypothesis isn't testable, it doesn't work, it's not believed. But now it's like you can't even bring up a hypothesis. Now, when you talk about, you know, where something originated from, where some problem came about, or a, a key or a clue to to, for health and that, they can, you know, it sounds to me like what they're going, well, this is a national security issue, because if we let this misinformation come out, 
people will die. People will, you know, suffer all these adverse effects. So we know better. Basically, they're saying, aren't they, James? We know better than you. You're stupid. We're the smartest people in the room. And so you're going to have to just listen to us. That's why we're going to come up with these definitive answers. And like we said, it's almost like coming from Mount Sinai or Mount Olympus, from God or from the gods. You know, this is this is the answer. You have to take it. You can't leave it. Well, and, and th this is the terrible part about everything that we're watching right now, because when you look at uh, all of that's being said, they're going out of their way to let everybody know we, you know, this is owned by us. We, yeah. we own this. Uh, Google just recently made a statement like that. You know, we own the science, we own the information. And it, it, it's basically them continuing to tell us that what they are seeking to do is to control the narrative. And that is not anything that should surprise anybody. We knew that this would be the type of thing that we would end up seeing. And um, unfortunately, it's, it's one of these things that has fallen on deaf ears because people continue to minimize the significance of what's going on before us with all of this. And it's terrible, but it is undoubtedly the truth. And um, I, I can show you an example of what I'm talking about here by playing a video for you okay. uh, that directly deals with this. And uh, just a warning to our audience, right? This is scary. This is, this is not anything that um, we should be looking at and going, oh, wow, that's no big deal. Take a look at this. Like, take a listen. Again, this is a sustainable development uh, impact meeting in 2022 that the World Economic Forum is hosting. And take a look at what actually is being said here. This is scary. And by the way, this is last year. This is last year. So take a look at this. You know, we partnered with Google, for example. If you Google climate change, you will, at the top of your search, you will get all kinds of UN resources. We started this partnership when we were shocked to see that when we Googled climate change, we were getting incredibly distorted uh, information right at the top. So we, we're becoming much more proactive. Um, you know, we own the science and we think that the world, you know, should know it. And, and the platforms themselves also do. Um, but again, it's, it's, it is, um, it's, it's a huge, huge challenge that I think all sectors of society need to be very active in. That, my friend, wow. is what you call insane. Yeah. That is what you call insane. And uh, it, 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 it just, it's kind of like it silences the room when you hear somebody talk like mm -hmm. that. And she was being applauded for this. Oh, yeah. yeah. They look at her as the greatest thing since sliced bread because of that very issue. So they own the science. Uh, and they, um, in other words, whatever they say goes. And if a scientist says, like in the past, wait a minute, we've done these experiments. We've got this evidence that doesn't work. Sorry. We control the narrative, right? And um, again, James, like you said, we always say, who do we complain? Who do you complain to when social media won't even let you uh, tell you there's an, even an, a response to that? So, according to her, it's the lunatic fringe that says anything different than the uh, climate change, uh, you know, uh, mantra that's that's there. And uh, it's, I mean, if we didn't know better, but we do because of the Bible, we think. We can't believe this, but it is true. And, and I mean, it, there's things that are happening that you really can't make up that characterize the last day that make no sense whatsoever, unless you understand this is a spiritual battle. This is the enemy uh, filling people's heads with, with untruths. And like, again, back in the beginning, has God really said, did God really say that? Doubting the word of God, the first challenge that comes out, nothing's changed since that time.
Yeah, and this is, in essence, the great brainwashing. I mean, so hard to imagine, but that's exactly what's going on. And by the way, I, I think it's appropriate to bring up this phrase, following the science, because that was a phrase that was adapted by early, or very early neo-Malthusians. You know, if you think about this, the whole philosophy it was during that time, especially in the early 1900s, and you saw this a lot in the UK, you saw this in the United States, was we have an overpopulation problem, so let's remove the population. And that's why sterilization became very popular. And when it was being done, it ushered in abortion as we know it today. This was all being done by Margaret Sanger and so many of the other people uh, that represented all of this uh, neo-Malthusianism. And the reality of it is they operated under the mantra of let's follow the science, when unfortunately science had nothing to do with it. And, um, uh, you know, science void of the creator of science makes it a very dark thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a firm believer in the fact that we have an obligation to take care of the environment that's around us, right? I mean, why would you destroy the beautiful resources that God has given us, right? But when you start using that as a premise for establishing a form of totalitarianism like the world has never seen, well, then maybe we ought to identify it for what it is and recognize how living in the days that we're in, we are watching a lot of stage setting being done by the Lord himself. And the theater of war that will result of all of this is going to be beyond the capacity of most people to understand or even discern. Yeah. And again, like we say all the time here on Countdown to Eternity, that this is stuff that God has already warned us about ahead of time, uh, the general things that are going to be going on in the world, the lies, the disinformation, the evil thoughts and intents of people's hearts. And when we see this sort of thing under, like you said, under the guise of science, under the guise of reality, it's like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. But the problems come is, and what's coming, James, you start looking for text, you start looking for evidence, you start looking for uh, uh, papers that are written that, that show a different point of view. And guess what? They're going to be nowhere to be found, right? That's right. That's right. And it's so true. And we're seeing it again and again and again and again and again. Um, and we've seen all of this stuff beginning to happen, right? These warnings that have come across by so many people about uh, right now what's happening and how truth is in danger, more and more of being censored. And they're getting better and better at censoring, right? Because now it's no longer about censoring something. Now the new thing is getting people to self-censor, right? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, we do it all the time. God's given us this amazing audience that we have on certain platforms, and we always have to learn how to say the, the same things, but stay within the guidelines provided for us. It's a form of self-censorship. And um, it's sad that it has come that way, right? But that's been from the very beginning. We're on the radio. There are certain things that the Federal Communications Commission will not allow us to say on the radio. And we have to be very uh, careful about the things that we say because the radio stations that we are on, God bless them all who take us on. Most of them do it for free. Um, it is amazing to me, absolutely amazing how quickly we could get them in trouble by saying the wrong things. And uh, it's always been that way. Can you give an example without saying the wrong thing? Because people say, well, what, what in the world are you talking about? What, what would you say that would get you off the air, generally speaking? Uh, I could give you a, a lot of ideas. For example, okay. I can't bring on a political um, interviewee on most of these radio stations. I can't bring on somebody who's running for office and interview them unless I give their opponent an opportunity to say something differently. And even when I do, there's a whole series of things that I'm allowed to say or not say. And if I say those things, they could get in trouble. 
There are certain types of language that we cannot use because we potentially open up the door for legal liability for the broadcasters. Um, there are certain things that will just outright get you kicked off, right? Um, especially if you express your view about certain uh, practical issues that are in front of us right now. We can put these radio stations in danger. Don't think for a second the Department of Justice has not done that before and will not continue. Right now, we're living in a world where the Department of Justice is going after parents who are trying to defend their children in schools. Um, it's happening, and there's a lot of differing opinions about what that looks like, but it has been happening, and it continues to happen. And um, uh, it's terrible to see, but that's what's going on. So now people are looking at these rules. They know what's going on. I don't blame the radio stations that we're on because they have a massive audience. They've put in you know, hundreds and thousands, if not millions of dollars in uh, providing livelihoods for people, uh, providing an infrastructure. And we would not want to say certain things that would put any of that in danger, right? Because God has given them a platform that does way more good using the things that we say. We just have to be careful how we say them now because of that particular issue. And there's many of them. There's a whole list of things to the point. Let me tell you how bad it is, uh, Don, and you already know this, but for our audience, you might not know this. When our shows go out to the radio, right? They are professionally screened by, in my opinion, probably one of the best producers in the business who actually looks for things that he may need to cut in order to prevent certain no-nos from happening on the air. And it's an extra precaution that we take so that we do not put the radio stations in danger of losing their status as broadcasters. It's something that happens all the time. And we have to be very aware of it because that's just how it goes. And it's a form of self-censorship. It's sad, but that's exactly the world in which we live. Yeah, well, the Bible says that uh, Jesus Christ claimed to be the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. But uh, it doesn't seem that uh, today people want to hear the truth, do no, they? Or at least no, the, Don, they don't. They, um, they want to hear their own truth. Or you hear this statement, we heard so many years, well, this is true for you, but not true for me. But now we don't even hear that. This is this is true for you, whether you like it or not, because I say so, right? <laughs> right. And, and let's take it a step further. It's in your best interest to believe it this way, because it's always been this way. And we have evidence that it's always been this way because we modified the facts. Yeah. <laughs> that's something that's happening. Don, you're not going to believe this. Our conversation has gone by so quickly that we are left with about two minutes. And as usual, you are the perfect person to have the final word. So let us have it, brother. All right. Well, thank you, James. And again, people, we are not surprised by seeing these sort of things happen as we get closer to the time of the end. But the good news is, and the great news is, we can still preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, at least for now. And we're going to do that. Uh, God became a human being 2,000 years ago. God, the Son, and the person of Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, died on the cross of Calvary, had the penalty for the sins of the world put upon him. Uh, rose from the dead the third day, appeared to people, ascended into heaven, and someday he's going to come back and judge the living and the dead. Now, he puts humanity into two categories, those who have believed in him and those who have not. Those who believe in him will spend eternity with him. Those who have not will spend eternity apart from him. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, and everything we do here is a means to an end. And This is the end to preach that message that the Lord Jesus told us to preach. And so in doing so, we're going to come across opposition because light, you know, uh, darkness doesn't like the light, but the light always drives out the darkness. And by God's word and God's truth, we drive out the darkness. So basically, we want you to be encouraged simply because at the end of the day, we know 
why we could relax here. I was telling my wife this today. We know who wins in the right. Uh, mm -hmm. Those of us, we come back with the Lord Jesus, Revelation 19. So even though um, it's a tough part of the battle right now, James, we know at the end of the day, we have won because of Jesus Christ. So that is why we are very much optimists. Amen and amen. And we have every reason to be excited because one thing is certain, God is good. And folks, there you have it. Time is up. We hope that we've been able to bless you as much as we've been blessed making this show. We are so looking forward to you growing in your faith and your knowledge uh, of our Lord and Savior. And as Don said, our whole purpose in doing this is to give you more and more of an awareness of what the scriptures say. We have every bit of confidence in what God's word says, and we are truly excited in the things that he continues to show us and you. So on behalf of the great Don Stewart, this is James Cadiz. We want to thank you for joining us for another episode of Countdown to Eternity. And as Don always says, may God richly, richly bless you. You're listening to Countdown to Eternity with James Cadiz and Don Stewart. We play this program called The Great Brainwashing when you visit CountdownToEternity.com and share it with friends and family too. That's countdown, the number two, eternity.com. Watch the video version at the Calvary Chapel Signal Hill YouTube channel. You can access all of Don's books, including God Wants Us to Know the Future at educatingourworld.com. They're all free downloads at educatingourworld.com. These are exciting times to be living in. Prophecy is being fulfilled right before our eyes. And we want to keep you informed, not only on this program, but through social media as well. Follow James Cadiz, Educating Our World and Countdown to Eternity on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Calvary Chapel Signal Hill. We're also on Rumble at James Cadiz. Whether you're a longtime listener or new to the program, we'd like to hear back from you and receive your thoughts, questions, and prayer requests. Email us through the website at countdowntoeternity.com. Countdown the number two, eternity.com. And if you'd like to support this ministry, it's easy to do at CountdownToEternity.com. That'll do it for this week, but come back for the next Countdown to Eternity as James Cadiz and Don Stewart review the latest headlines through the lens of Bible prophecy. This program is brought to you by Calvary Chapel Signal Hill.